You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. up everybody happy friday we are gearing up for what should be a very good fun explosive very freestyle oriented show we have my boy drake here to talk to me about coach krzyzewski from the florida state point of view from the not fan point of view from just the fact that listen we got a legend who's retiring but what does that mean for the current coaching landscape what does that mean for his legacy all of those good things that we're going to talk about on today's show make sure you guys are tapping in download and subscribing to the podcast from anywhere on the odyssey app it's all of that good stuff drake how was your week it's going pretty well i'm still you know driving right down now i'm luckily i'm able to stay with a friend of mine up here in tampa florida yeah and yeah making that big transition down south but uh right now i'm just excited to be here get a little freestyle right because trust me i need this right now after driving (laughs) 10 hours to savannah another six hours to orlando yesterday i drove only three hours to tampa but the traffic was absolutely horrendous but i'm excited to be here was it raining for you the whole way? Because it's been raining in North Carolina like cats and dogs. See, I drove to North Carolina. Actually, we were originally going to go to Charlotte, but okay. then we found out that it's not anywhere near 95. So we we're going to go to Fayetteville. We hit okay. Fayetteville, a little bit of rain, but it also was only like 5, 30, 6 o'clock. And me and my mom, because she's with me on the ride down here. Mm-hmm. Hi, mom. So basically, <laughs> we, even, we were like, you know what? Let's just keep driving down. And we just hit Savannah. But the rain, for, I think it rained for maybe half an hour out of the total trip. Okay. So not really that much. That's not bad. See, I think it's raining here in North Carolina because everyone's sad about the fact that the blue blood rivalry is not going to have the same sort of coaching legacy as it once did. As we know, Coach Roy Williams decided to retire this past season. He will no longer be the head coach. Hubert Davis stepping in and then Coach Krzyzewski. announced his retirement a couple days ago that he, after this season is complete, he will hand over the reins to coach John Shire. So it leaves Bayheim and Hamilton holding down the old, you know, old faithful, the, the, the legends, I should call them. I don't like to call people old, more so the veteran, the vintage coach styles. And what were your thoughts, immediate reactions to coach K deciding that he was going to give it one more go in the Pharaoh tour? Um, so for those of you who listen to our podcast, I'm not a particularly huge fan of coach K. However, I do respect what he has actually built at Duke. He probably is the greatest, um, modern basketball coach over the past 30 years. I'm not going to put John Wooden in there because it's kind of unfair. He won 10 national championships in the sixties and seventies. Even though I think in the nineties to two thousands, a little more difficult to win. It does kind of suck. Um, to be honest with you, (laughs) because nothing was better, honestly, to me than, beating Duke and then hearing uh, mm-hmm. Coach K, you know, but like, I'm not, instead of shaking people's hands, like, you know, get put, put, put a little finger wag, like, hey, act like you've been there before type of thing. Mm-hmm. But it, it is weird that he's gone. Roy Williams is gone now, too. And I actually, I'm a bigger fan of Roy Williams personally as well because I'm a little soft spot for y'all at UNC. But, yeah, with Jim Beheim, who I think is a little overrated, and Coach Ham only being the ones, like, staying back, it's it's going to be interesting. Yeah, for sure. And I think that, you know, Coach Beheim being the second most winning is coach ever in college basketball. There's a lot of pressure for him and everyone does, I'm sure, is assuming where his time's going to go. But, you know, Coach Hamilton doesn't look as old as he is, you know, all that black don't crack thing. And I think that he's also taken very good teams to, you know, great levels, but he has not won yet that ultimate prize. And maybe that's still something he's chasing. Hopefully, like, will he do it in his 80s? We don't really know. But, you know, the way time 
times are shifting in the way college kids are, you know, one and done. It's like, you got to strike, hit lightning. Everything has to align within like a 10 month process. And you just hope for the best. I mean, yeah, like with coach and the problem was the year that got canceled by COVID was probably, I was just going to say we would have won the entire damn thing. Yeah. Um, our entire roster that year with Devin Vassell, Patrick Williams, Terrence, man, to be clutch finishing up Trent Forrest as well. We would have won the entire damn thing. So Terrence, Terrence man was not on there, but Trent Forrest was there. That to me was the key issue right there. Mm-hmm. Um, moving forward, I mean, Coach Ham, I think, is 74, 75. And he signed an extension, I think, till his year 80 year. Mm-hmm. I think with this upcoming class, we do have the number two ranked recruiting class in the country coming with Matthew Cleveland and Jalen Warley. So I'm actually super excited about that. We did lose Scotty Barnes. We did lose MJ Walker. And surprisingly, we lost Raekwon Gray. But I do see it's actually making a huge impact going forward. And then Coach Beheim, again, he, yes, he is the second winningest coach in NCAA history. My only concern with him is he's only won the entire thing once, which I didn't know until I started researching it for today, actually. Yeah. And that year was the Carmelo Anthony year. And I'm a huge – Carmelo Anthony is probably my favorite basketball player of all time. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's just – I don't think he'll ever win one. Another one, again, personally, is like I think he always, he's always the bridesmaid, never the bride. He has like the most Final Four appearances, I think, with 10 or something like that. It's ridiculous, but he never is clutch enough. So it's going to be very interesting to see the uh, conference moving forward. See, I think Tom Izzo is always the bridesmaid, never the bride kind of conversation. But when you talk about the ACC, the fact that two Hall of Fame coaches are stepping down in a two and a half year span, like it's amazing to me what college basketball will look like. But for the conference specifically, I said yesterday that Coach Keats of NC State probably has the hardest job in front of him. Like he's going to have the most head coaching experience of anybody in this triangle. And so Mm -hmm. all of the hot seat is sizzling. And, you know, NC State, for whatever reason, still thinks they're going to win that that national championship from the 80s. They're going to relive that moment, all of that good stuff. So pressure's on. If he does not get them to a sort of sweet 16, final four kind of conversation, what are we doing? Yeah, I mean, they really wanted to win that, that last year. We played them. That was the one game we came back from the COVID pause, and they were on, they were rolling, and out of nowhere, they just the, the wheels fell off. You have them, and then you have Louisville over with Chris Mack, I think, as well. That, had, that you're going to look to now to kind of like also be pushing towards the mantle to be one of the big three for coaching-wise, because it, it is Louisville, and they won now's championship, like, what, five or six years ago. But I kind of want to ask you actually about the farewell tour. I think you saw today that, he, that Coach K came out to Cascada. Was every time we touch, which is by the way, it's a great go-to karaoke song, folks. It's my go-to right there. I love him that on a Friday night. But how do you feel about him doing this farewell tour and Coach Williams not? Because that's kind of not fair, to be honest with you. A hundred percent. So many people were like, you know, that's not who Coach Williams is, and you know, he would never, and that's just not his personality, and blah blah blah. And I'm like, okay, fine, I don't care. Like, I still would love to get have given my coach his flowers, especially because the past couple of years have not been what you know Carolina basketball excellence, the standard that we have known the program to be, has been. So I'm literally like, yeah, of course I would have loved the opportunity just to say thank you, have the montage and all that good stuff. He does not like that. He doesn't as much money as he donated to not only college you know basketball players but to student athletes at the university he deserves for all of this love and he almost had to be for well not even almost he had to be forced to pretty much talk about his like multi-million dollar donation so he is of course the one who's all about humility and just doing good because you're supposed to that's great still would have loved to give him his flowers I don't think there's anything wrong with coach K it's very on brand to me for coach K to have this one final thing and you know give him 
so I don't know how you really play that out in terms of like a thank you coach. It's not like the NBA, right? Where like you respect the game. I think the college rivalry energy is different. You want, I want to be coach K, coach K despite the fact that it's his last year. I think in NBA, I think it's a little different. Like people are like, Oh, one way or the other, I might just have an off night and I feel like playing my starters might not be playing that night. So it's a whole different landscape, but who wouldn't want to beat coach K in his final year? You know, hands down. I know I would. Oh, I want him to lose every damn game. And you know, you know who gets the first chance to next year? Yeah. It's Coach Cal at Kentucky. There it is. There and that's is. someone that I don't think particularly also doesn't care for Coach K. But you're right about that. This isn't the NBA. Like, remember what did Draymond Green say to Paul Pierce? They don't love you. They're not Kobe. They don't love you like that. They don't yeah. love you like that. You're not Kobe. Yeah. That's kind of the same thing here with Coach K. Like, for college football, like college sports in general, like I always tell people, like it's like a cult of personality. It's like a tribalistic intention. Like we, we know representative schools, you with UNC, me with Florida State, and our rivals to us are worse than the enemy. Yeah. Because I want to beat them into the ground. I want to see the fans there just be utterly silenced, and I want to be talking that trash for a good amount of time. So yeah, of course I want to see Coach K. You know, you know, just be, basically be you know not make the NCAA tournament again, and then blame somebody else or for you know for his shortcomings like he always does. But Listen. the reality. Okay. I was going to say, but do you think that all the pressure is now on his kids? Cause like, it's not on him either way. He loses like oh, whatever. Oh, hundred percent on his kids. Cause like, because his kids like already had a deal with coach K now making the tournament this year. It's like, now are you going to be the class that didn't make the NCAA tournament and didn't, you know, at least make a deep run. I mean, I can tell you right now from knowing FSU players, we made the bowl, bowl season, I think for 37 straight years. And I know every single kid on the team that did not make it the last time. <laughs> so it's, trust me, it is huge for those kids. And it, that is a lot of pressure yeah. because you're not going to be allowed back to Duke for any alumni events or anything like that. If you do it to coach K, cause as much as I don't dislike the man, he is respected and he is a hallmark. He's a pinnacle and a pillar of college basketball. Yeah. And we were talking about the brotherhood chat and I said, that thing is jumping right now. Like everyone probably hyping those guys up. Like y'all better not because the very last game of the season is going to be at Cameron versus UNC. And can you imagine that game? All the, there, and there's going to be fans back. Everyone's, you know, going to be maskless, just vibes, right? So it's going to be a different energy. The pressure. I, I'm honestly glad that it's not Coach Williams coaching and it's, you know, whatever, Hubert Davis. But we can blame it on Hubert Davis. Like, oh, it's his first year and whatever, what have you. But damn, those Duke players, I... Phew. Who's going to be, who's the first old Duke player to te make that text message? And the one that you're like, oh no, wait, this is serious now. Who do you think Jason it is? Williams, 100%. Jay Williams. Ooh, okay. okay. What do you I can think? See that. <laughs> He's very passionate for no reason at times. Like, that, that, that's a good one. I, <laughs> I'm trying to think it you know, would be recent. Maybe, I think maybe Grant Hill could definitely just be. I was sick. just about to say, he's probably yeah, like, Hill. like hardcore intense. Like he'll be nice to all of y'all and like the world, but like hardcore, he's probably low key like mother, like what y'all doing? Or, ooh, Christian Leitner, maybe Christian Leitner. Do you think he has it like that? Or do you think maybe Bobby Hurley can come back? Because Bobby Hurley, even though he's coaching for Rhode Island now, I think, right? Yeah, for come sure. Up that? Mm, I think, how do you not, well, I think all the stars will come out. I think, I think this will be a Barack Obama um, <laughs> coming out again to think Zion Williamson and what have you. I think everybody's going to, I mean, that's going to be the hottest. Can you, that ticket's probably going to be easily a ban, easily a thousand dollars. Oh, you know, what's going to be great actually. When JJ Reddick on his own podcast, this is like go. a state of the state of the union for Duke fans and Duke players. And like, Hey, Duke players, listen, you're not going to mess this up. 
yeah. or I'm going to personally come to eat you and tell you how I feel if you mess it up. So that could be a good one too. JJ's definitely probably that guy. All right, we're going to talk more about Coach K and the rest of his players, the future of ACC basketball. But first, got to remind you guys that Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all sports action. This week has a ton of energy. You got the NBA, NHL playoffs, and they're in full swing. So don't miss your opportunity to get all your sporting needs. And before the next pitch, you got to go to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines. Make sure you get in the game. This is your chance to cash in big. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So we're talking today about Coach K deciding to retire. Coach Hamilton, he might be on the watch, might not be. But the state of recruiting, we know the dead period is done, and we have a lot of opportunities for a lot of cats to get in on campuses and try and, you know, make their mark on these various universities. But I'm curious, Jake, your opinion on, you know, where this landscape is from a Duke standpoint. Duke's, do you think Duke is still Duke? John Shires, he's experienced winning on the national stage as a coach and as a player. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to, you know, not look at Duke now as a five-star recruit just because they don't have Coach K at the helm. I think the problem <laughs> is I think Coach K, like Duke is where Duke is right now mainly because of Coach K. Yeah. But I do think that having John Shire there, who's someone that has coached under Coach K, has been there, actually has a national championship win back in 2010, will definitely be very, very helpful. And also it – I mean, it's still Duke. You can like point to all the games back in the '90s and the '80s. You can point to the Christian Leitner's, the Jason ones, and JJ Reddicks when you're actually you know pitching the kids, and when you bring them on campus, still Cameron Indoor. I mean, like when you yeah. when you cut like when you walk into um uh, what's the name of the UNC basketball stadium uh, basketball? Yeah. Like, yeah. like do you do you just feel like sort of like you know when you walk in I can, like I can see like myself like playing here or like you know just like going to a game here just hanging out. Like to me, there's certain areas that kind of have that sort of feel like do yeah. and Cameron indoor. I mean, I, I'm not a big basketball guy, but the Cameron crazies, I know, I know who they are and I can imagine them. Like if you're a recruit, you can come in seeing that. So the mystique is still definitely there, but it's no, it's not as strong as it used to because it's like coach K leaving is the equivalent to me of Nick Saban leaving Alabama. And mm. That recruiting pitch, half of it is, you know, the man's going to lead you, you know, to the charge. And also for basketball, it's a one-done league in college basketball. Mm -hmm. You're not going to have Coach K preparing you for the next level anymore. So that's definitely going to be a huge hit. Well, you said he's not going to be a czar. He doesn't want to be someone who just like, you know, hits up John on the side. Like, John, you're not, you're not coaching them right. Or like, you know, this is what we should do. Or obviously now that he is no longer a coach, can't exactly talk to recruits in the same way and kind of the booster energy, right? So I think it'll be interesting to see how they pitch that, like, Coach K clearly was someone who was a leader. He's a focal point. You know, you want to go play, but you want to go play for a Coach K. You don't want to just play for a school that had a Coach K. So I think that's going to be a different selling point. But also, you know, you can say that the ACC pretty much has a lot of even playing field energy in terms of we're all trying to figure out how we're going to go. Syracuse might have a new coach coming in, you know, FSU who's been the top dog for such a long time. And we might just all be trying to figure it out. Louisville might come in and coach Mack can certainly have his time at the top, but it definitely won't be the same energy, but it's just interesting. I don't know. I don't know if you go to Duke and you're like, yep, same, same vibes. It is what it is. I'm just going to go and do my best to keep the, you know, but is it the coach K name? Cause it's really not. It's the Duke name. I don't know, but he yeah, is, yeah. he's a school. I don't know. It's, it's yeah, I mean, it, it, like he is a school. You're right. But I think the shine of, you know, it's still Duke, even though coach K is not there. 
is going to last for maybe one to two years. And mm-hmm. also depends how John Shire does. I didn't know that John Shire was an assistant coach for them. Cause my lasting mm-hmm. memory of him is literally getting yammed on by that Maryland player. <laughs> like what thing, like 10, 11 years ago And Maryland. Thank you for reminding me that that was a hilarious tweet, right. but you're right about that. that the playing field in the ACC is now level. Cause for every single year, I mean, I love Florida state. Our basketball team has been very good the past five to six years, but you always look towards a UNC to a Duke and to also a Syracuse to be there, mm-hmm. the perennial blue bloods of the, of the, of the conference. That's why we call ourselves new bloods. So now you're going to have to look at these teams like, like a Florida state, like a Louisville to actually, you know, push forward and make sure they can get towards the top of that and see if they can, you know, replace them. Cause the time is now, cause you have two stalwarts of the entire conference of ba- college basketball. Cause they're going to be in the college football hall of fame. The moment they're eligible to be in there to supplant yourselves and make yourselves get in there. Yeah, for sure. And I think like, listen, if there was ever a time for the Florida States, you know, for the Clemson basketballs of the world to, you know, make a stand to try and, you know, get in and embarrass some people, this time is now. I think Hubert Davis has a lot of pressure on him. I think they're going to give him three years at best to kind of turn everything around. He was an assistant coach for seven years. John Shire was an assistant coach. Well, no, Hubert was nine. John was seven and he recently became associate head coach back in 2018. So the writing was on the wall. I don't know why people thought there would be a search. I'm glad there wasn't a search. I'm glad we didn't have to spend the entire year trying to figure out who was going to be his next and all that BS. Like I'm glad it was just like a nice level in and Nolan Smith will be the assistant. Um, he'll be the assistant to John. But my question is, you know, we talk about keeping it all in the family and everybody harped on Carolina about keeping it all in the family and we should look elsewhere, but Literally, Duke is doing the same thing. So how much importance is it to keep those types of schools with people who know exactly how things run? I think it's extremely important, especially Mm. because some of those some of those if you look at some of the roster, they do have a lot of one duns. There's also like Duke, for some reason, always has the one random kid that's there for three to four years. And you kind of do want the continuity from the coaching staff. Someone that does, you know, kind of have the Coach K mentality, not mentality, but the, knows how the infrastructure of the thing works. Because that's if you make the wrong hire, especially after, like I said before, two, you know, perennials of the conf, of, your, of your program and mm-hmm. they just, you know, are completely different. You are not it's not going to mesh well. It's not going to gel well at all. And it's going to be have cash off of results. So I think you kind of need to keep it somewhat within the family. But my question is, I guess, if I were you, like, would you want to be the person to go after either of these people? No. No, like no. what benefit do you, what benefit do you have at all of like taking these jobs at all? I, Cause I will never do that. In the- so the benefit is the fact that, listen, you're carrying on a legacy. You are, if you do win, it's kind of like, okay, I clearly listened to what coach taught me, what he, you know, allowed me to be a part of. And I'm pretty much just putting my very small spin on what isn't broken. And I'm not trying to fix it energy. So I think that's, if it works out, you can put, you know, stamp my hat of approval. I just pretty much carried the load and Carolina basketball is bigger than me or Duke basketball is bigger than me. And we had this well-oiled machine and we're not doing too much to change it. On the other hand, I'm just, I don't want to have to be the heavy. Like nobody wants to be the first person out the blocks after a hall of fame coach. Why? For what? Like it's, it's a tough job. Everyone's going to say, why don't you do it like Roy or, you know, coach K, why don't you, you know, do it the way he did it. But at the same time, if you're going to go extremely left, like I feel like you got to commit <laughs> to going your own way, doing your own thing. You cannot do half-ass Roy style, half-ass coach K style. 
Yeah, you gotta do your own. You gotta you leave your own stamp on the program because you're not yeah. hired there to be, you know, the second, not the second coming. You're hired to be their own self and just book, continue to build on what they brought. Like I'm, I mean, to me, like I always accept a really good challenge. The problem is like these challenges are you are never, ever, ever going to reach the same heights as these people. It's, that rarely happens. We saw it at FSU with the Bobby Bowden. Jimbo Fisher mm-hmm. was next, and he mm-hmm. left. And then Willie Taggart was supposed to carry that on, but he was only here, here for one, a year and a half. And Mike Norvell is already, you know, hearing some whispers right now that he is not the most popular person around the block. So mm-hmm. for John Shire, you know, best of luck to you. Hubert Davis, best of luck to you as well, because I would not envy being in either of y'all's shoes. And plus, like, with, with Coach Roy especially, like, you can just tell, like, the Coach K, I can tell his players like, liked him at the mm-hmm. very least. Coach Roy Williams, I can see from the way just you, these players really, you know, connected and love the guy from, you know, from his drip. I love his damn shoes. I love the, like, give him, you know, like dancing into the locker room, you know, like that to me, like that's going to be someone that's, I think, more difficult to replace and, you know, yeah. make your own path uh, than the Coach K hire. So I want to ask you an interesting question about the coaching landscape and why some of these older cats are deciding to step away. If you think that it has anything to do with how the transfer portal and how college basketball really is changing right now. But first I want to remind you guys about Bill Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever with 18 amazing flavors that are hundred percent covered in chocolate. Bill Bar is even more delicious. If you're a health conscious person like me, you'll enjoy Bill Bar because it's low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for the keto diet. Go to BillBar.com right now use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. So uh, when we're talking about finishing up here, the college basketball landscape, Coach K was talking in this press conference about how he's been able to change with the times and like facts. He actually, you know, adapted to the one and done energy. He had the Kyrie Irvings of the world. He had the Zions where he said, listen, go make some money. What the hell are you trying to come back for? Right. It's college basketball, but it'll always be here. He understood. He understood the assignment when it came to adjusting to the game. So he said, listen, that's not a reason why I'm leaving the transfer portal being a hot mess. People, the NIL national um, name, image, and life energy coming our way that's not why I left it's just it's just just time I would love to know your thoughts on whether that's halfway true something you know a whole percent true or just a flat out lie he's just making it look nice I'm not gonna say it's a flat out lie but I think it leans a lot more closer than that than him you know being completely true I mean the man is like what in his age now at this point it's really hard for someone to change in their ways um to go along with that he probably did in order to win. Cause that was probably the most important thing to him, mm-hmm. but no, I mean like the one and done thing, like that's, that I mean a lot of coaches, like, you know, like it's hard to like, you know, like lean into that and know that I only have this kid for one year and I have to maximize, you know, my potential with him as well as, cause I know he's not going to be here for the next following year. That's hard to something that's hard to understand, but that's the way everything changed like back in 2003, once the high school rule came out. So to me, no, I don't think so. Cause I think with Roy Williams, like you saw with him as well with Walker Kressler, like I think, to me, Walk to me, Roy Williams is a little more calmer version of Coach K. And if he kind of had a problem with you know kids leaving out, I think Coach K will probably be a little more stri- uh, more critical of those sorts those sorts those sort of moves. Yeah, having kids from Duke and UNC both transfer is something you never thought you would hear about. But I also think Roy, you know, he very much stated in his press conference, listen, that's half the reason I just don't want to deal with this. I think quitting is quitting, you know, opting out, all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, okay, yeah, Roy, maybe it might be your time, big dog. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) 
well, the beauty of Coach K, though, like if you think about his one and dunners, they absolutely were deserved of and are doing hella good in the league, right? Like there's mm-hmm. plenty of guys that why why would you stay in college? Jason Tatum, why would you stay? Zion Williams, RJ Barrett, like RJ probably could say another year. Cam Reddish, you probably could say another year. But like, yeah. why would you? <laughs> I'll tee all oh, shade on no, that one. But no. like, why would you leave, right? And I think it's just like, okay, I completely understand that uh, when it comes to that regard. But I, I don't think it was a flat out lie either. I do think though that it's more on the NCAA that I think uh, Coach K has a problem with. I think the fact that there's no real plan, no real organization, and it just seems like a hot mess when it comes to NIL. I think that's more of the reason why he like, he's spoken out about the silliness of a lot of it and not having a critical, you know, we got this thing machine rolling. We understand what's ahead. He's definitely preached about kind of letting the game grow, letting the NCAA figure it out. Like this is just where we where we're at now. We had to figure out a way to get these players play, all that good stuff. So I think it's if anything, it's more on the NCAA, he's tired of having to deal with NCAA's ish clients probably stress him out over all of that I mean that's I mean that's the one thing I will give to Coach K a lot because he we do kind of share the same sentiment I am in the camp that I think the NCAA does not do a very good job of actually setting up like I understand that you're you're the govern, governing body right mm-hmm. you're supposed to be providing a, a plan sort of guidelines for you know these sort of things like with NIL with transfers, you don't push it on to each and every single individual school and conference to do like, basically what are you here to do for? It's like that's in the office space. It's like, what right. is exactly NCAA that you do here? I mean, I've always said in our, on our own podcast, locked on Seminoles that the NCAA to me is going to cease being a thing in 10 years. Cause I don't think that what they're doing right now is sustainable. I don't think they actually provide any service or any benefits to a lot of stuff here. And well, from what I've seen with what, from what I've experienced. So I'm right there with you because they are extremely frustrating with the NIL stuff. They kind of drop the ball a little bit. They yeah. still, we still kind of don't understand what they want to do. The yeah. transfer rule was the one big thing that they have done, but that was kind of the simplest and easiest thing to do. Right. So congratulations for doing your job. But <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. That's, that's no, another yeah. thing. Yeah. No, no, 100%. I agree. And I think that, you know, just looking at the landscape of transfers and pretty much just having, I don't think Coach K and Coach Williams, you know, the like, they don't want to have to play this, you know, game. Like they, they are yeah. definitely have made their resume to the point where I'm not about to sit and go travel to 10, 15 houses like I once did, where I would be yeah. willing to go and travel and ensure that this kid came to my, because you don't, I think they don't have to. It's like leave a weapon. What was yeah. like, I'm too old for this like i'm too old for this ish like i'm not doing that anymore like it's, yeah. it, you're right though it's exhausting like i used to do uh do compliance work i did look at the, the recruiting stuff like one of our coaches would go mm-hmm. on the road for like two or three weeks at a time living like you know a hotel to hotel you know with a dietary like you know eating mcdonald's every other day like you know minimize costs like it sucks like recruiting mm-hmm. is not glamorous at all period it's a yeah. grind and yeah. at that age it takes a toll on you and with like the end like with the NCAA again with the recruiting wise, there was not the restrictions, but the rules they have in place or the not so rules they don't have in place. It's, it's finicky and it's ridiculous. And you think about, I think about it too. I mean, what is a coach's job to help players get better and instill certain values, still certain, you know, skill Mm -hmm. sets, blah, blah, blah. After a while, especially, you know, I'm looking at Carolina, I'm looking at other, other schools where they're not pulling in the five stars and the automatically gifted and they don't have to do much for, you could just see on coach Williams face. Like I'm about tired of yelling the same damn thing to you. You know what I'm saying? I'm about tired of telling you to get that damn offensive rebound and coach K did the same this year, especially right. It's more, it was more on his players not performing at their highest potential than it was the fact that they just got beat by certain teams. 
I mean, yeah, I mean, that's why you're probably are there. These probably are the first two coaches that we're seeing go, but they're like, I think you mentioned earlier, Bill Self probably is going to be falling down that line as well. Tom Izzo is probably going to be there as well. As much as I hate to say, you mentioned earlier, Coach Ham, um, he's probably not going to be here in three to four years. I think this last extension that he received is going to be his last contract. I think Dennis Gates of Cleveland State is going to be the new head coach there in four or five years, the old assistant coach. But yeah, like it's exhausting. And to me, I think, especially with the kids being younger, social media is being a big thing. Now recruiting is entirely different ball game. Now it's, there's a lot of different things that the kids, you know, are more, that are more important to them, like brand marketing, especially with the NIL stuff coming in and coming in as a factor. So yeah, it's going to be very interesting in the next couple of years. Last thing I'll ask you, and we'll talk about, you know, do you think that the pandemic had played any role in, I guess, putting things in perspective? Like I want to be able to be able-bodied and spend time with my family while I'm still mentally capable. And while I still have the chance to kind of enjoy life versus, you know, my grandkids wheeling me around everywhere because I gave so much to the game. Um, yes and no. Mm. I think yes for a lot of them, mainly because like at the end of the day, they are, they are human. And mm-hmm. the one thing we, we love, we love the human interaction. We were, you know, deprived a lot of that with the pandemic. I mean, hell, when we had the first sports game back, people were just going crazy and wanted to get, you know, hang out to everyone's house, but we couldn't do that because of, you know, COVID and everything else. Mm-hmm. But I also say no, because there are some coaches out there that live and breathe their job. Mm-hmm. And that that's the most important thing to them. And that also their families also kind of know that too. Mm-hmm. So I wish it wasn't the case, but I've seen it firsthand that that's the one thing that like, you know, that drives them every single day. It's not them being at home because they get the itch. They get tired. We saw our Meyer be gone. I think a year each between each retirement that he had <laughs> and, still, and still come back with being a, that being a prime example. Yeah. Tyler Aki like, said that Joe, that Joe, Jim Beheim wouldn't, he doesn't know what he'll do without basketball. Like this is his life. And like, oh, yeah. he'll probably have to be wheeled out before he ever gives it up. So oh, I believe that I believe him and coach Gundy over Oklahoma state are the same as that person. Like you're, you're going to have to take them out of body bag before they, before they, you know, they quit. No doubt. Well, Drake, appreciate your time on this freestyle Friday. Thank you so much for all of your insights. Hopefully we'll have no more coach retirements before next week's episode, but you never know. You never know. Things could just go off the cuff. Can you please remind folks of where they can find you and follow your work? Of course. Of course. Everyone follow me at tally underscore underscore Drake. Follow my co-host Max Moody at Max Moody 17. Also follow the podcast at Knowles Anonymous. That's where we'd like to engage with our fans. We love to bring, we also take your questions off that we start, we're starting to grab back next week. We are fans first and people second while podcasters third. That's our mantra over there. We make sure we keep it all fun and clean and everyone have a great weekend. No doubt. Well, if you want to get more sporting news, get all of it with under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on all the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. If you missed any of today's show, we encourage you We encourage you to make sure you get the Odyssey app so you can get those downloads. Now we are three days a week, so we'll keep you posted on our at Locked On ACC on Twitter, so feel free to follow us there. And we hope you guys have a great weekend. For Candace and Drake, we out. You are Locked On ACC. Your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 